coming up on this week's episode of Alex's Fun Little Podcast, we have not got a moment to spare as we talk about Prince Harry and we get into the Golden Globes 2023 red carpet, which, as you'll quickly find out, might as well have been called the beige carpet because it was just that boring. And as always, daily dance and a five-star hype up. Enjoy. Greetings. Hello, hello, and happy new year. Two weeks later. Or one week later? Are we one week into the new year? I don't know. Starting our second week. Wow, our second week of the new year already. We took a two-week break just for the holidays, and last Tuesday we were going to record an episode, but then we got back a little bit later than we thought, and I started not feeling well. So we thought we would just come back brighter and better than ever for the new year. And boy, are we better. Well, maybe not yet, but we, we have plans for this podcast, for life, for things. I think it's going to be a very exciting year. I'm putting that out into the universe. Instead of resolutions this year, it seems like the hot new thing is to choose a word of the year. So that's what I did. Normally, I write down a list of resolutions. And I did write down some goals like per month. Okay, this month I want to do this. And then February, I want to do this. And March, et cetera, et cetera. But I wrote down some words of the year that I want the year to feel like. When I look back on December 31st, at the end of the year, are these the words that described 2023 for me? So I wrote down a whole bunch of words. And then I chose one that would be all-encompassing. And the word of the year for me is fearless. It's very Taylor Swift, which is very par for the course for me, but it's also very meaningful to me as well. My word of the year is midnight. <laughs> That's actually funny. That's actually really good. <laughs> the word of the year should be midnights. Uh, actually, it should be the Eras Tour because if we don't get tickets this year, like I will be fearless when I set the stadium on fire, like with nobody in it, obviously, but just. If I can't go, nobody's going. I'm just kidding. Government officials listening to this podcast, quite possibly. I would never commit arson. But just in case, maybe you should find me tickets. I chose Fearless for a good reason, and it's because fear holds me back from many things in life. And there's kind of the silly fears that I have, like I'm scared of flying or I'm scared when I'm walking in the middle of the day. Like I I always have like those kind of fears, but I also have fear of rejection and fear of looking stupid or fear of honestly people not liking me. And it holds me back from doing certain things in my life and in my career. And I just want this year to change that. And so that's what I'm focused on this year. Fearlessness. I'm not going to be afraid of looking silly or stupid or wondering if what I'm posting makes people like me or not like me. Going in, being myself unapologetically, And doing things that I've always wanted to do, but fear has held me back. So I encourage everyone to try to come up with a word of the year. Sit down with a journal, write down a bunch of words, why you're writing down those words, and then maybe choose one that stands out to you. We had a wonderful, wonderful little holiday break. We spent time here in Michigan with Michael's family. And spending Christmas with Michael's family is like the cover of a Christmas card or like a Christmas movie. It's so idyllic. Mike's mom, Lynn, is like making cookies and we're watching movies and the fire's on and Michael's playing piano. We're wearing sweaters. It's just the perfect Christmas. And then on Christmas Day night, we went to Florida. We flew to Florida. We spent time with my family, which is always just so much fun and so enjoyable. And then for New Year, we went to 
Palm Beach to visit our friends Kylie and Jesse and stay with uh, her family. And that was just unbelievably enjoyable. We had the best, best, best holiday break. And I hope everyone else did as well. And it was full of rest, relaxation, and peace. Because as we know, being with families isn't always the most peaceful thing. And we're at a point in our life where it is. And I hope that for everybody else as well. I would be remiss if the first thing I didn't talk about today is Prince Harry and Meghan Markle. It's been on my mind for a while. We watched the documentary on Netflix very quickly. And now Harry's book comes out tomorrow. He did a interview with Anderson Cooper last night. That's really making waves. And I'm hearing people really roast him this morning and say, why doesn't he just be quiet? Like you have your nice life in Montecito. You left the royal family. You're good. You have tons of money. You're saying you don't want media attention, yet you're doing all these interviews. Just go be like, if that's what you wanted, just go do it. And I have a hot take. All the people that are bashing Harry right now, you would have hated Princess Diana. That's the God honest truth. Harry is Diana's son. And don't you ever, ever forget it. And Diana was the same. She was a whistleblower. She was to the royal family, a troublemaker. People said, why can't she just keep her mouth shut? She's got her money. Her life is good. She got separated. Go be a celebrity. Just be quiet. And no one in today's day would ever say a bad word about Diana. The people love her. She's the people's princess. Have that energy for Harry right now because it's the same. It is the same. Harry saw his mom be killed, be chastised by the media, and he couldn't say anything about it. He was in the institution. He was part of the family. He had to keep his mouth shut for years and years. And then he saw it happening to his wife. The exact same thing playing out. He left and now he's saying, you know what? I'm going to speak my piece, our side of the story. And most of all, which was kind of what in my mind when I watched back Diana interviews and what I remember about Diana is kind of I'm not going to let these people get away with this. I'm not going to let them close the door to their palace. And everyone thinks that they are just these pristine, perfect people. They're actually doing evil acts. And Harry is doing the same thing. The things he had to say about Camilla are fire. Like that is the Camilla slander I've been waiting for. I hate to say it. This whole like Camilla redemption arc. I don't buy it. We must not forget the things she did to Diana. And that's what Harry's doing. And they always said the media always said growing up, Harry is Diana's son and William is Charles's son. And we are seeing that play out in real time. I stand with Harry and Meghan. And also, if you don't like Megan, if you're like, Ugh, she rubs me the wrong way. That's not a reason like for any of these things to happen to her. She's allowed to speak her truth. These are things that are happening to her. They are human beings. And I like them. I really like them. I enjoy the documentary. I like what Harry's doing, taking a stand. He's like, mm, actually, I'm not just going to go quietly. Camilla is quite literally planting stories about Megan and I in the press. And I'm not just going to let that happen. Like, go off king or what should have been king. That's my king. It's time for the first daily dance of 2023. And we had to come out strong with an absolute pop icon banger. And that is Stars Are Blind by Paris Hilton. Now, she did a remaster. She just released it in the new year. But I think it's on Amazon Prime Music. And I'm sorry, I don't have that. So I'm just listening to the OG, which is a perfect pop song, in my opinion. Everyone I remember back then was like, oh, Paris Hilton's going to sing like this isn't going to be it. This is not the vibe. And leave it to Paris to give us a song that's still what? I mean, 20 years later, we're all still jamming out to. It is 
undeniable when you hear, hear the first few beats of that song that you just start to move a little bit. You start to feel like that pop bliss feeling. It's a perfect song. Can't recommend just hands over your head in the kitchen, dancing like nobody's watching, even if they are kind of vibe. That's hot. Or what does she say now? Sliving. Sliving is not hitting the way Paris wants it to. That's hot is perfect. She, she just needs to keep on with that's hot. Or, yeah, that's more Ariana. That sounds more like Ariana Grande than Paris held on. Yeah. Oh, God, now it just sounds like Ariana Grande. <laughs> no, Ariana Grande is more of a, yeah. And Paris Hilton's more of a, yeah. I think you should do a whole episode on all the different yeahs out there. There's so many yeahs. And then there's Lil John, yeah. Oh, my God, cut that. <laughs> the most iconic yeah, though, is, yeah, Paris Hilton. Listen to Stars Are Blind, homework of the week. It's a new year and we have a new sponsor. I am so honored to welcome another certified women-owned business to the podcast, Funk Off Teeth Refreshers. Funk Off Teeth Refreshers are the very first two-in-one toothbrush and toothpaste that is reusable up to 30 times and designed for convenient use on the go to refresh your smile. So, you know, when you're out and about, you're drinking, you're eating, maybe you've had a coffee or a tea and you just want to refresh your smile or you just want to make sure that those coffee stains, tea stains, don't end up on your teeth. That's where Funk Off Teeth Refreshers come in. It quickly and easily removes food debris and stains from your teeth, keeping them fresh and white. It includes 30 uses of 100% natural peppermint tooth gel, and it's small and discreet, like pretty much the size of a lipstick, so it easily fits in your purse or your pocket. When we were just on vacation in Florida, I put mine in my purse. We'd be eating. I'd go in the bathroom afterwards or even just in the car, brush really quick, throw it back in my purse. All you have to do is twist the bottom, natural minty tooth gel comes up under the bristles, brush your teeth, rinse the bristles, and smile because you're gorgeous. Plus, this is genius, and this is how you know it was made by a woman. There is a little mirror on the bottom, so you can check your teeth. If you don't want to go into the bathroom, you're just walking down the sidewalk, you're like, oof, just had coffee. Let me, let me brush these chompers real quick. Genius! This is the new pocket purse essential for everyone. I already can't live without mine. And I feel like my mouth is just so much fresher and brighter and more beautiful. And of course, we have a discount for listeners. Use promo code AlexFun20 at funkoff.com for 20% off your order. That's AlexFun20 at F U N K K O F F.com for 20% off your order. And orders over $39 ship free. Funk Off Teeth Refreshers bring your teeth back to white from your morning coffee to your red wine at night. Turn on the fun by using Funk Off. Now, I did my homework this week, and that was watching the red carpet for the Golden Globes 2023. Today, we will be going over our red carpet fashion review, as we always do. And the theme this year was Give Us Nothing. Many people didn't attend the Golden Globes is surrounded in controversy and allegations of racism that have come out to be true. The Golden Globes has let people go. They said they're turning it around, but a lot of people didn't come. And it left a lot to be desired on the red carpet, but that doesn't mean I don't have in-depth thoughts about plenty of looks. My first note is that I'm going to need E! Entertainment to stop saying, like, everybody slayed. Like, on their social media, they're like, yeah, so-and-so slayed. Not everybody slayed. 
Okay? It would literally be impossible for everyone to slay on the red carpet. Reserve it for when somebody has actually slayed. And also, please hire me because that is my dream job is to be a red carpet correspondent. I'm putting that into the universe. We're going to start out strong. And by strong, I mean horrifically bad with Heidi Klum, who was wearing this silver sequin and sheer purple feather boa mini dress. It looked like the dance costume that you wear in third grade and you literally have to take the ugliest photo of your life in it. And then your mom makes it into like a tiny 3D cutout that sits on your coffee table for the next 10 years. And I speak from experience. She is a supermodel. She could literally wear the most elegant, gorgeous, chic, beautiful things. And she shows up looking like one of the Vegas showgirls and not the one that's like in a show, like the one that's out by the Bellagio Fountains taking a picture for $2. I love their hustle, though. Love it. I would rather her have come in that, like, tapeworm costume she did for Halloween. At least that would have given me something. I was just so disappointed by so many people who I know have brought looks in the past and really just phoned it in this year. One of those people is Anya Taylor-Joy. We just watched The Menu over the weekend. I thought it was a great movie. We immediately went out and got cheeseburgers the next day because in that movie, like the theory is maybe he poisoned the cheeseburger or whatever. I still would have eaten it because it looked like the greatest cheeseburger of all time. And it was a really good movie. But Anya Taylor-Joy, I think, got lost on her way to revolve around the world and ended up at the Golden Globes. I'm really tired of the silhouette. Straight column skirt with a bandeau. Like, What are we trying to do here? It's not elegant. It's not regal. It's not elevated. The color yellow totally washed her out. I find it hard to believe that she's maybe still working with Law Roach because I don't think Law Roach would have done her like that. And also Zendaya wasn't at the awards, so he wouldn't have had to spend all of his time on Zendaya and not on Anya Taylor-Joy. So I don't know. I don't know what the excuse was here. Just drop the affiliate link. Revolve influencer Anya Taylor-Joy. Jenna Ortega was wearing Gucci and the inspo behind the dress was a betta fish. Betta fish truly were some of the most bizarre pets. Did you ever have one, Michael? The little, you know, fish that was really like had all of its colors and was fluttery and you would like it would follow your finger on the tank. No, I don't even know what you're talking about. We had one fish growing up. Its name was Coral. It's blue. (laughs) I thought you were going to say Cory. I was like, that's a mature name (laughs) for a fish. (laughs) Corey would have been better than Coral. Coral didn't last long. Do they ever? No. No. Unfortunately not. Well, if you need to know what a betta fish looks like, look no further than Jenna Ortega's dress. She's so young. She's like the hottest thing in Hollywood right now after Wednesday. The haircut aged her. The dress, I didn't think it was right for her. For such a young, gorgeous, budding actress. I wish it would have been more of a moment. I bet my betta fish wished his life would have been more than a moment too because... Yeah, uh, that was brief. That was brief. Petco still exists because it sold 5 billion betta fish at 99 cents each. I'm not going to do that math, but I know that's a lot of money. They were making bank on betta fish. Leticia Wright from Black Panther was wearing a really gorgeous Prada dress. And I did hear, so Mutual Prada called me on the phone and told me like there was inspo. Uh, musical inspo for this dress, one of her favorite songs. And she actually told me I could sing the song here on the podcast. So here it goes. On top of spaghetti, 
all covered with cheese. I lost my poor meatball when somebody sneezed. It rolled off the table. Am I on key? Is this a key? It rolled on the floor. And then my poor meatball rolled out of the door. And the meatball ended up on Leticia's dress. What in the spaghetti and meatball loving fuck was that print? It literally looks like a spaghetti and meatball, like a pasta protester, threw it at her when she walked onto the red carpet. She was like, you know what? We got to work with it. We're here now. I'm going to post a dress to my Instagram stories, but look it up. It looks like a spaghetti and meatball motif. There's, it's literally red with brown circles. All right. We need to put a positive spin on this because so far everyone has been disappointing. I'm going to give Daisy Edgar Jones a best dressed contender. It was this absolutely gorgeous lingerie inspired dress. It made you look at it like a couple times over and be like, wait, what is this piece? What is that? It was just such a unique silhouette. It fit her body perfectly. And it was a nice departure from all the like reformation dresses she had to wear and wear the crawdad thing. And let me tell you, if I was living in a shack like that, I'd be glad to know that UPS delivers there and delivers from Reformation. But thank you for at least respecting us, the viewer, Daisy Edgar Jones, and giving us something really beautiful to look at. I know we have talked about the Y2K trend a lot and how all these styles are coming back, but I'm just starting to think that we as a society are starting to take it a little bit too seriously. And we saw a lot of Y2K tonight. My angel on earth, Meg Stalter, I'm not going to say a bad thing about Meg because she is an icon. She actually wore a pair of Reformation shoes that I just bought on my low heeled girlies. They're like a low black satin platform. They're great. It was just the styling. I thought she looked great in her Versace dress, but it was like the curled hair on top of the head, a la like sweaty eighth grade dance vibes. Kaylee Cuoco was also in a very Windsor early 2000s inspired dress. And we need to stop. We need to stop. The part of Y2K that we want to bring back, I think, is like the fun uh, kind of goofiness or maybe like the minimalism of Y2K. I don't need to be reminded of activity days at Boland Park Middle School when I'm looking at a red carpet. I just don't. I've done trauma work and therapy. I don't need to do it watching an award show. I see one of these Y2K inspired dresses and I immediately start sweating. Not because I'm like nervous or anything, but because I'm just picturing myself like on the dance floor getting in trouble with a teacher because I learned all of my dance moves from music videos, as we all did, obviously. But Y2K was not the real dilemma of the night. This is an all-hands-on-deck, four-alarm alert. Margot Robbie, who said she got out of her Chanel partnership, showed up wearing Chanel, and it was god-awful. What did Margot Robbie do to Chanel? That's what I need to know. Because she could be best dressed at every award show if they wanted her to. And they don't. At this point, I'm thinking it's strategic. It, it has to be. This like pink beaded fringy. It, oh, God, the belt on it. Stop putting belts on everything. Wasn't it Coco Chanel who said like, oh, every time you leave the house, take one accessory off. Take your own advice, Chanel. Take off the belts. And they kept saying on the red carpet like, oh, it was custom made for her. It was custom made. Well, unmake it. Unmake it. I cannot take another red carpet They're like with Margot Robbie. I think they're just like, you know, she's such a beautiful girl. You can put her in whatever and she's going to look gorgeous in it. Not. It looks like my dream prom dress in 2009. And that's not a compliment. My style was trash. 
So I regret to inform you, we still need to save Margot Robbie from Chanel. Someone else, though, a new campaign I'm proud to announce here tonight is save Ana de Armas from her Louis Vuitton partnership. Apparently, these actresses are doing very horrible things to these brands that makes the brand say, "Mm, we're going to give you our ugliest thing. I actually don't know what it's called, but the front of her dress is like all beaded. And it looks like when you were younger, you know, those beads you could put on the stencils and then you would iron over it and like make an object. That's what this was. And if Louis Vuitton wants to hire me to do that, great. Fuse beads. That's what they're calling them on Amazon. You can still order it. I'm sure this is where they ordered them from. Custom made. Yeah, so were all my little beaded trinkets. They were all custom made in my living room with the ironing board with my babysitter. Someone I was looking forward to seeing the most and was truly so disappointed was Jennifer Coolidge. I mean, what an era, a genesis we are in with Jennifer Coolidge right now. Her glam was great. Her beauty was gorgeous. And I heard them say on the red carpet, she was wearing Dolce & Gabbana and she had a last minute change. Up until last night, she was supposed to wear something else. And I think this was probably maybe a backup option they never thought they'd have to use. It was just very mother of the bride, all black. Like she shines so bright. I just don't think she should be wearing an all black gown to an award show. It's just another way the gays wronged her. She can't escape these gays. Do you notice how I really haven't even mentioned any men? And I'm sorry, but it's because they're not worth mentioning tonight. Nobody brought it. Like Eddie Redmayne put a rosette on his lapel of his suit. It's the year of the rosette. We get it. Every single person's doing it. That's sexist. Can you imagine if I said that? Yeah, but like you wouldn't because the girls always give. The girls always deliver. The girls, gays, and theys are always there to serve. Like, congrats, you put on a Valentino suit that was custom fit to you, you fashion icon. What do we care? We don't. Do your job. You are a Hollywood actor. You are a Hollywood actress. Entertain us. Serve. Come out on the carpet and give us what we've all been waiting for. Enough. That kind of sounds like shut up and dribble to me. (gasps) No, Michael, I could never. Oh, my God, you're Mm. so right. You know what? I would like to issue an apology here and now. I'm stopping the story. I would like to issue an apology to all of Hollywood for thinking that you are here to serve me. And I would really like to offer this apology in person next year when E invites me to be a red carpet correspondent. I will personally apologize to Eddie Redmayne if given the opportunity. The rosette was cute. It was cute. Donald Glover was the best dressed guy. He wore this like silk pajama suit and then threw a big suit jacket on over it. And at least it was different. Speaking of men, I guess we'll talk about men for a second here. For some reason, when Austin Butler came on the screen to do his E! interview, I just immediately started giggling. I don't know what it is about him. He just looks like a Hollywood star. And everyone keeps saying, you know, he's still talking like Elvis. That's not what his voice actually sounds like. You know what? I don't care because the voice is working for me. And I would gladly, gladly accept it if it just stayed that way forever. If he wants to method act Elvis for the rest of his life, I'm okay with that. And I love, love, loved his performance. Unfortunately, I did not love, love, love the movie. First of all, it was really long. We need to have a sit down talk with Hollywood with how long they're making movies these days. It is offensive to make a movie that is over two hours and 30 minutes. I think it's offensive to make one over two hours, to be honest, because at some point I'm going to have to go to the bathroom. At some point I'm going to want to get up, stretch my legs for a second. 
It's too long. It's just too long. I think the perfect movie time is an hour and 48 minutes. Michael, what would your perfect movie time be? Hour and 47 minutes. <sighs> you have one minute less attention than I do. Okay, that tracks. I mean, it depends on the movie. I sometimes have a 10-minute attention span, and then it's sleep time. Yeah. Uh, oh, you. we went to the Fablemans, and Michael's attention span ran out after about three minutes with the Fablemans. They were lucky to get three minutes. That was, that was bad. It just was slow. It was not—I was expecting more from Steven Spielberg. It was just very slow. It was one of those movies where it's just simply the telling of a life, as is. We also walked out with only 20 minutes left to go, so I didn't actually get the satisfaction of seeing the ending because there was this guy in there, and I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, I said earlier, my word of the year is fearless, but not when it comes to my safety— and there was a guy in there that was acting really weird. He got up like 10 times and then he changed his seat at the last minute to sit in the last row. Like, I don't like that. So we left. So I guess I don't know what happened at the end of The Fablemans, but I know what happened to Steven Spielberg, who the movie's about. So I guess I'm good. That was last year anyways. That was last year, but I would do it this year as well. That wouldn't change. Now, Jessica Chastain wore a beautiful Oscar de la Renta gown this gown went viral a couple months ago. Um, it's kind of at the top of like bridal looks for 2023. It's absolutely stunning. It did give me a little bit of PTSD of like when you walk into a spider web and you walk into it and you can feel the spider web on you, but you can't really see it. It's just like over your eyes and you're unsure if the spider's on you or not. So for that reason, I can't give her a best dress because it just was a little bit too traumatic for me or anyone else that's had that experience. I don't know if there's a feeling that's more helpless than knowing the spider web is on you and wondering if the spider is also like in your hair, on your clothes. Oh, I have the shivers. I thought Selena Gomez looked absolutely flawless in Valentino. It wasn't the most daring option or even the most avant-garde, most interesting. I'm just loving this era of Selena right now. It's like, mm, yeah, let me just put on a dress, put on all my gorgeous rare beauty makeup, and like show up to your little award show. Thanks for the nomination. She seems at peace, and I really like that. So for that, I give her good work, Selena. I kept an eye out for you, for Selena, and I was not disappointed that I did. I don't know if anybody else noticed this, but at first I thought I was seeing a new trend. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we're the first to see it. And it was like almost like an ombre look at the bottom of everybody's dress. And then I realized it was water. Because isn't, there, isn't it like crazy rain right now in California? Maybe in LA as well. But I realized it was water on the bottom of everyone's gown. So Viola Davis showed up in this gorgeous, stunning, like blueberry colored gown. But the bottom was wet. And nothing makes me personally crabbier than when like the hem of my jeans or my pants get wet. So if she was in a bad mood for the rest of the night, I would completely understand it. I'd be so pissed off if I got ready for 10 hours and I step out of the car and I step into a puddle. And now I'm walking around with a wet hem. That's one trend I hope never comes back. Like extra long jeans. Remember when you used to let them like drag on the ground like over your Etni shoes and they'd get all wet and you'd come inside your mom and be like, you're literally dragging your jeans across the floor. And like, stop it, mom. I'm emo now. This is what we do. It's a real glow up because now I probably spend $1,000 a year at the tailor hemming my jeans to an appropriate length. Angela Bassett wore this gorgeous silver sequin perfect gown, which she looked amazing, no doubt. But I need to make something very clear, very, very clear. 
I know we all kind of got burnt out on like skincare content, top shelf. Like what are people using? The only skincare routine I care about is Angela Bassett's. Because how? They gave a side-by-side when she won an award. I think it was in the 90s to today. And there's no change. It was, it was the same picture. I need names. I need facialists, maybe doctors. Who, I don't know. It doesn't look like she's had anything done. But I know everyone in Hollywood has. If they said they haven't, they're probably lying to you. AKA Jennifer Lopez using olive oil on her face. Please, I will give a Golden Globe to anyone that can lock down that skincare routine for me, please. I think I've decided my best dress of the night, and it is Michelle Yeoh. First of all, this is one of the most beautiful human beings to ever walk the face of the earth. But I love, love, love the way she is always styled. I feel a lot of times actresses in Hollywood over a certain age get dressed very matronly. Maybe that's what they're comfortable with. But she is still always taking risks, always daring to do something so chic and different. And she won for me tonight. First of all, we've confirmed she's a Swifty because this dress was very Midnight's-esque. It was giving launch week of Midnight's. And I love that. Major points for that. And it was also giving Sky Dancer, which we've talked about on the podcast before. We love the Sky Dancer. It was a top Christmas gift of the 2000s. I loved her long hair over to one side. She just looked, she ate the other girls up. Like, let's just say that. She ate everyone up. Unlike Margot Robbie, who I'm sorry, I have to say is worse dressed. I wish something like a whale would have eaten me up prior to seeing her on the red carpet. So I wouldn't have had to see it. Overall, I was deeply unimpressed. I know a lot of the people were not really taking the globe serious this year. I know Rihanna showed up in the middle. I haven't even seen her look yet. I'm sure it was fantastic. She didn't, she didn't win, though. I'm sure as hell hoping they didn't tell her she was going to win, and then she showed up. I'm holding out hope for the Oscars. I'm holding out hope for other award shows that we just get people who are willing to do something daring again. I think ever since we lost Joan Rivers, people are like, eh, I'm just going to phone it in because she's not going to say anything about me anyway, either way, good or bad. But there's no excuse Golden Globes, more like golden nopes. Okay, we're going to have to end it there because it's getting, it's getting late. If one of your New Year's goals was to be a better version of yourself, let's start with your lips with Lip Gloss Boss. I cannot say enough good things about this brand. It's a small business. It's woman-owned, and they make truly some of the best glosses in the world. Lip Gloss Boss makes uniquely mint-infused glosses that are never sticky always hydrating and made to last. Perfect for long wear, their magic wand glosses go on like a gloss, but wear as a stain for long-lasting color and hydration. Balmy Gloss is the ultimate hybrid balm gloss combo. It locks in moisture while providing an ultra-glossy finish. It's also a multi-use product that is safe for lips, lids, and everywhere in between. So basically, more bang for your buck. But my favorite, favorite, favorite part of Lip Gloss Boss lip glosses, say that 10 times fast, is that they are mint-infused, ultra-hydrating glosses. So every time you apply, it gives you a little minty refresh. And who doesn't want that? They're also at a really reasonable price point at $16 each for the Magic Wand Gloss and $14 for the Balmy Gloss. But you, dear listener, get a discount. Use code FUNLITTLEGLOSS for 20% off your order at lipglossboss.com. Again, fun little gloss for 20% off your order at lipglossboss.com. Is this your year of being a boss? Then wear lip gloss. 
It's time for the first five-star hype up of the year. Once again, if you're a new listener, you can go to the Apple Podcast app, leave the podcast a five-star review for your chance to be hyped up in a future episode, as Lime Katie did. And I have to say, Lime Katie, your review really touched me because you said, Alex is the kind of disabled person slash advocate that I aspire to be. And then you made me giggle by saying, you will be calling out people who park in disabled parking spots. Watch out world. And that's all I'm saying. Watch out world for Lime Katie. 2023? No, more like 2020 KT because this is your year, honey. Nothing's going to stop you. You can do anything. You have everything you need. You are smart, capable, gorgeous, intelligent. There is truly nothing you can't do. You said in your review that you are a fellow disabled person. And I know that that life can be a struggle. I know that it can. There's days that are painful. There's days that are just so hard and frustrating. But you've got this. You've got this. Be unapologetic in what you need because that's what you deserve. You deserve to be pain-free and at peace. And to be able to give that to yourself is a gift. You are a disabled baddie. You are an icon. And I absolutely love you. Thank you for your fabulous, fabulous review. And thank you, everyone, for listening. Here's hoping, here's hoping that the Oscars or some other award show is better or even seeing somebody walk down the street tomorrow is going to be a little bit better. It's got to be. Love ya. Bye. Bye.